0: Hey everyone, if you're a big fan of comic books, especially horror comic books, don't forget to check out Vlada A Dracula Tale on Facebook and on Twitter. And keep up to date for more information about Vlada A Dracula Tale as a Kickstarter launches late October with artist Ken Hunt, Tim Vigil, cosplayer Karen Nicole, and many more. Again, two two to vlada a dracula tale on facebook and twitter for more information about this exciting new kickstarter for this amazing graphic novel as we gender swap the cast of dracula in a new and interesting take Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Hard, the official Hack Slash podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris, and on the show with me tonight for this episode is the artist of these two issues in the previous two issues of Hack Slash. Issues 24 through 27, we have Brian Baugh on the show with us, who is the artist on issues 24, 25, 26, and 27, and some Hack Slash covers uh, from previous issues. Thank you for coming on the show with us, Brian.
1: Hey, good to talk to you.
0: How did you get involved with Hack Slash? You told me that it was an interest, interesting story about how you met Tim Seeley back in the early Devil's Do Press days.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a funny story. Um, so, I forget what year we're talking about here. What was this, 2008, 2009, whenever I worked on this comic? Uh,
0: no, earlier than that, because you were doing covers for the beginning of the... Um,
1: oh, well, yes, I did do... Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. I, say, I did do issue three. Issue three, yes, I did do a guest cover. That's when this happened. That's when this story happened. So at that time, I got a random email out of nowhere <laughs> and the email said, uh, hi, I'm, I don't know if you'll remember me. My name is Tim Seeley and I did not recognize the name. Um, he, he said, uh, I met you at the Chicago Comic Con in 1994 or maybe 1995. Um, because at that year, I was at Chicago comic con selling a uh, little ash cans of my own little creator owned comic that I was doing at that time. And he had apparent. he was apparently one of the people who came up and bought one. And he said, I read that comic. I always remembered it. I always liked it. And I always thought I'd love to work with this artist someday. So Tim said, uh, I have this new comic book series that I've created, um, for a new publisher. I think they were a new publisher. And he said, uh, he said, uh, I'd love to have you do a guest cover or some artwork on it in some capacity. So I said, sure, uh, that sounds fine. And I ended up doing the, uh, the guest cover on issue three of Hackslash.
0: What had you done prior to that?
1: Let's see. At that time I was, well, I, I've always, I, I had always wanted to do comics and I'd done a lot of my own creator owned comics, you know, mostly just for fun and, and making little copies at Kinko's and selling them at conventions, uh, but uh, my main job at that time was working in the TV animation industry as a storyboard artist.
0: Oh, what um, animation?
1: Uh, let's see. I started out at Sony animation, working on uh, the Starship Troopers animated series. I worked on Jackie Chan adventures, men in black, a uh, ton of stuff they had over there. Then, then let's see, after that, I, I, I went to, uh, uh, well, I, I bounced around at different places. I worked on the, on um, Masters of the universe, the 2000 two, I believe it was, uh, series. I worked on, um, uh, what was the other one? I worked a little bit on the Batman at Warner Brothers. And then I went to Disney and I worked on Tigger and Pooh for a long time. Uh, That's actually where I was. I think I was in between seasons on Tigger and Pooh or something when I started doing the hack stuff.
0: Oh
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> got, that's got
0: adorable. To... And then you draw pictures of people having their innards ripped out and women with <laughs> yeah. giant breasts.
1: You, you got you got to balance the uh, the good and the evil. <laughs> and uh, so then let's see. Then I was at uh, uh, Hasbro Animation working on Transformers forever, uh, Transformers Prime, uh, and some of its spinoff series. I, I did a bunch of stuff over there, and I've done a bunch of stuff since. But that brings us right up to the point when I was working on Hackslash. Um, you worked yeah, on, and then, and then I had my own, I had my own creator-owned comic called Wolf and Bassy.
0: You worked on Hack, you worked on uh, Transformers Prime, the CGI cartoon from the early 2010s.
1: Yeah, I was I I was there from the start of that one. I worked all the way through that
0: one. That was probably the best version of Transformers since uh, Beast
1: Wars. <laughs> well, that's that, that's nice to hear. It was it was a great uh, great show. Fun job working with great people. I I really enjoyed it. I'm really happy with that show.
0: I, I loved all three seasons and the movie. How it ended. I don't. I do not like how they decided to follow it up with Robots in Disguise. That was. It's like how the yeah. hell do you go from that
1: to that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I could tell you how they went from that to that, but I, I probably shouldn't. But uh, but uh but I did work on that as well um, because I was just, you know, at Hasbro and I needed a job. And that was what came up next. But, uh yeah, a lot of us were sad to see them, you know, because that was a strange situation. It, it was not run like a normal animation studio. It was run. I mean, it was it was owned by a toy company. So they're making decisions in a way that's very different mm-hmm. from the way an animation uh, studio would typically make decisions so yeah so sometimes those things would happen um, and uh, you know yeah so I think every three years they like to change the franchise so we did three seasons of Prime uh, which everybody liked and I certainly la- loved working on it because it was allowed to be darker yeah uh, we we had the whole idea with the we had the whole idea with zombie uh, robots coming back from the dead right um, I had a director who understood but i was our guy and he would give me scary scenes to do uh there's a memorable scene and i forget which episode but uh, uh there's a robot who gets his eye drilled out i got to do that scene. <laughs> they gave uh, me that one that was
0: part of the align continuity uh correct
1: oh boy it's been a long time i'm trying to remember but like that was, was like
0: the main that was the main continuity that hasbro was going to use going forward for several years it was, was again what they call the align continuity
1: might have been but but uh I just remember the scene was breakdown. I think it was the robot's name, and he was he was uh, uh, somehow uh, chained down in in a, in a giant subway tunnel because he's big, and he had these evil scientists sort of walking around on top of him, looking at him, and they bring in a drill and they drill his eye out. <laughs> and uh, so I got to, I, I did that scene, and that's one of my favorite scenes I did on that show because <laughs> it was just so nasty. And, and then, uh,
0: uh, the best the best character on that show was uh, Ratchet.
1: Oh yeah, Ratchet, uh, which voiced by was Jeffrey great, Combs. Yeah, and I, and that was a great. Experience. Experience for me because I'm a huge horror movie fan, going all the way back to when I was a kid. Obviously, I mean, I loved Reanimator that came out when I was like in junior high, and I loved that movie so much. And so there was a day where the whole cast of Prime came to the studio to meet the artists. Oh, and and it was so funny because you know most of the guys I worked with they're all longtime animation nerds, (laughs) (laughs) so they're all like they were freaking out. So there was this one day where uh, the entire voice cast of Prime came to the studio to meet us artists, and everybody there was excited to meet, um, Peter Cullen, who does the voice of Optimus Prime. Yep. But I was the one guy in the studio that was going, Oh my gosh, Jeffrey Combs is going to be here. Oh my gosh, I have to meet him. I can't make, I can't wait to meet him. So he, he is a, just such a sweet guy. I mean, he's such a nice person. He, he's one of those rare celebrities that acts like it's his pleasure to meet you. And, and, and when he met me, I mean, we talked and I was t- telling him how much I love reanimator and from beyond and all his movies. Um, and I showed him some artwork that I'd done, like tribute artwork of reanimator. <laughs> and uh, he was flattered, I think. And 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 it turned out just through conversation that he lives very close to where I live. And I was in the, I was uh looking for a house. I was looking to buy a house at that time. So I was house hunting. So he starts talking to me about buying houses in our area and I end up sitting there for an hour <laughs> with the reanimator giving me real estate advice. It was so funny, <laughs> and it was one of those things that was so casual. It, you know, after a little after a little while, you stop thinking of him as who he is, and then he leaves, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I just got an hours worth of real estate advice from Reanimate, the Reanimator Herbert West. <laughs> it was a memorable day.
0: And uh, I also remember um, I I, I always forget about this, but uh, Gina Torres, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's wife, you know Zoe from Firefly, was uh, Black arachnea.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. I liked that character. I had fun drawing her too. Um, that was, that was you're reminding me, uh, how, what a fun show that was to work on. I I got to work on the scene. It wasn't his death, but it was, it was, uh, the, the end of uh Soundwave where he gets split in half by the two portals that open up on either side of him. Uh, that was a memorable scene. There was a lot of fun scenes on that show. I did, I did one episode where, uh, Rc, the little ninja female robot, she's fighting um, the Insecticons on Cybertron. She's jumping around all over the place. Right. Yeah. There, there's a bunch of memorable things. I could go on forever.
0: <laughs> it was also the first time Optimus Prime had ever became a uh, Decepticon because he had had his memory wiped um turning That's back right. into Orion Pax, and I love the fact that they went into a origin story with Orion Pax, but this is a not a Transformer podcast, and this could go on I and know. on and on, because I'm such a huge Transformer <laughs> fan. Uh, I unfortunately <laughs> gave up uh, my Transformer collection about a year ago, uh, just due to like it just sitting in boxes and stuff like that, but I'm always into Transformer lore. Um, yeah. I'm very much a fan of the original Marvel uh, Generation 1 uh, story, I was a big fan of the uh-huh. IDW stuff for a long time, until it just completely went off the rails with whatever the hell they were doing to the point it ends the final issue with Optimus Prime and Unicron having a hug because Unicron's crying over the death of his original universe. And I'm just like, what the fuck is
1: this? <laughs>
0: Unicron and Optimus Prime hugging out their feelings? Fuck you.
1: <laughs> Moving on to Hackslash. Right.
0: So you drew issue 25 and twenty uh, Sorry. you Yeah, 25 and 26. And then issues 27- 27
1: sorry no, 24,
0: 24 and 25, and then and then uh, a thread continues into 26 and 27 with this character that uh, Tim created that you drew. Uh, this uh, what was her name? La, her name is La Moretta?
1: something like that.
0: She is. Hold on. Uh, I love the fact that in issue 27 it's referred to as like she's gonna replace Cassie or something like that because that's what the back end ad of issue 26 says. But uh, Mm -hmm. she definitely has this, uh, you know, that La Muerta look to her.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Now, getting into your art style, your art style has this very kind of horrific cartoony look to it.
1: Well, like I said, I was always a horror fan. That was always my first love was horror movies and horror comics. That's what I grew up reading and looking at. I mean, as a kid, I mean, I was super into Swamp Thing and Weird War Tales and Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf by Night the Warren magazines, creepy and eerie. Uh, later I got into, I found the EC comics reprints, uh, tales from the crypt, all those classic artists, you know, Graham Ingalls, Jack Davis, all those guys. Those are, those are my big influences. They always, they always have been.
0: Tim give you a lot of creative freedom to draw it how you wanted, or did he have a hand in, um, the art style, uh, going into his own story?
1: No, he gave me total creative freedom. In fact, he gave me more, more creative freedom than I'm used to because working in animation, at least at that time, the way it worked was you didn't start your storyboard until they gave you background designs, character designs, everything designed. Uh, and then, and you know, you have a model sheet of what the character is supposed to look like, what their costume looks like, everything. So I remember when I first started working on Hackslash, that was, one of my hangups at first was I I was, I was going, I mean, I should have known better, but I, but I was, I I remember emailing Tim and going, I, you know, uh, what's the design for this character? Do you have a model or, (laughs) and and, uh, he he just said, look at the previous (laughs) issue, which I, you know, he sent me uh, the previous issues and I did look at them and I was, Oh, okay. 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 Uh, But I mean, I had questions about that for almost everything, you know, the environments, everything, but it was really just a, you know, this is an environment where we've never really been before except for the van make everybody's costume the way i wanted design the environments however i wanted so i just kind of went all out and made it a horror comic <laughs> old fashioned horror comic
0: issue 27 and so issue 26 and 27 were published on september 16th 2009 and october 7th 2009 uh, with uh, the issue 20, uh, the Foes and Fortune Part 1, written by Tim Seeley, art by you, covers by Mark Englehart, uh, sorry, colors by Mark Englehart, and letters by Crank, production by Sam Wells, and edits by James Lauder for both issues. And then the covers are by Tim Seeley and Rachel Rosenberg. And then cover B was Nick Percival, which has a really... Hardcore horror style cover with Vlad's face in the background, giant imposed, and kind of reminds me of uh, Heavy Metal Magazine in a way. Mm -hmm. And then the covers for part two of the story are Tim Sealing and Rachel Rosenbog with the um, uh, La Moreta character on the front and she's got basically looks very similar to her previous hack slash cover and then uh, cover by Rebecca Isaacs who's done covers before with Cassie taking out the trash a bloody dripping trash
1: I have the collected trade paperback here and I'm looking for the covers you're referring to they're
0: usually in the back if they're um, oh that's
1: right that's, well, that explains what I couldn't find it yeah okay right um,
0: mm-hmm. the story starts off in uh, talking about uh, a cemetery in Chicago which I had to look oops 26 sorry let me grab that a uh, cemetery in Chicago I had to look up Now, this actual cemetery, this Holy Sepulcher Catholic Cemetery, is located in the southwest of Chicago, so it is in Chicago, but we also seem to have that same cemetery here in Massachusetts in two different locations, one of which is in Stoughton and one of which is in North Andover. Both have the same name for that cemetery in Massachusetts. One's in northern Massachusetts, one's in southern Massachusetts. Seems to be a very popular name of the cemetery. Um, I guess so, yeah. According to the uh, website, it means angels of God. Ah, interesting. So it all kind of ties together with all that religious mumbo-jumbo. What year did the idiot see the picture of Jesus in like the oatmeal or whatever the hell it was?
1: Uh, you got me. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. Um,
0: there was a cornflake or something,
1: right? This is that's probably a good French question. Toast? for toast, Tim.
0: It was French toast, but that's what it was. It was toast. It was. It was an image of Jesus in toast. And then eventually, somebody decided to take it upon themselves to start manufacturing toasters that would print the image of Jesus, burn it into toast.
1: <laughs> I did not know that. Um, there but, are uh, dozens
0: of toasters that you can buy that you can have an image burned into it of. Uh, one of them is like Darth Vader. Uh, anything?
1: Of course, <laughs> you got to have the Darth Vader toast.
0: Correct. Um, but, I love the fact but that. That's, uh, no, go ahead with what you're saying. If you had a note about.
1: Oh no, I, I was going to say that's probably a good question for Tim. Uh, he being the writer, because I really, uh, I mean, I was, I mean, these, these are his stories, and I was just going off the script basically. I uh, was just trying to draw it as cool as I could.
0: Okay, so did uh, Tim Scripps say that there was, in Cumberland, Kentucky, in, in Vlad and Cassie's van, Cassie has the bed set up with candles inside the van <laughs> sleeping
1: like the <laughs> Well, this was, oh, okay. Okay. All right. This was, this, you're right. This was a, a fantasy.
0: Yeah, I no, no, was I got it with a fantasy, but I'm just thinking, like, is that safe inside a van? <laughs> She's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, right. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 candles. Of course it's 13, right. by the way. Um, right, of course. And he uses the knife to cut open her bra, which... He sure does. I've had girlfriends ask me to do. <laughs> <laughs> When you date horror freaky chicks, guess what? They're into (laughs) freaky stuff, and that is all I'm saying about that. The kids show, people, come on. (laughs) But uh, Vlad walking in on Cassie doing something is
1: my favorite part of the issue. (laughs) 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 Ow! Definitely the most challenging to draw. I I had never drawn anything like that before. What Um, does she
0: call it? (laughs) Drilling for the maiden water. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs)
1: <laughs> now again, again, ask Tim about that one. <laughs> Cassie
0: has been referred to as many a times, and I always have to correct people as a lesbian, and she's not. She is bisexual, and some people have a problem with that. Like you're not allowed to be bisexual anymore. It seems in today's age, bisexuals are getting shit on by the lesbian and gay community, and I think that is fucked up. It's mm. like screw you. If you're not into just one gender or the other, guess what? You're bi. If you're into both, you're bisexual, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm seeing. I, I, I run an LGBT project. I'm not gay myself. I'm straight, but I'm the editor in chief of an audiobook about, uh, if you've ever heard of Sunstone by Stejik Seppin. Well, the book is basically two women meet online, engage in a sub-dom relationship, and they eventually find out they love each other, and they fall in love, and they get married. And Steppen Sejik, who's best known for drawing, like, Witchblade, and he drew Justice League Odyssey, and he's worked on a okay. lot of Justice League stuff. Very, very beautiful artist. Check out his stuff. Unbelievable. His wife's also involved in the media. She worked on Postal for Top Cow. According to Matt Hawkins, Sunstone is Top Cow's hot, highest-selling book ever. Wow. Yeah. And I, I sang, turned sang Yeah, and I turned his audiobook I uh, sorry, I turned his graphic novel into an audiobook. And uh, we're currently working on volume five right now. So there's five audiobooks, two for volume four, but five in total. I see some comments sometimes and I'm just like, Wow, that's pretty shitty. And I remember listening to the Jay and Silent Bob movie minute podcast and they were talking about chasing Amy. And in that movie, Chasing Amy, the character played by Joey Lauren Adams, who's bisexual by the way, because she does she has had sex with men before. She does uh, she did fall in love with Ben Affleck, and yes, she does eventually marry a woman, uh, played by Kevin Smith's uh, sister, in a future installment, if you saw Jane and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, but her and Ben Affleck have a child together, or his character does, from Chasing Amy. And the lesbian community inside the movie, they ostracize her when they find out she's dating a man.
1: Yeah, well, I have I, not uh, seen that movie.
0: Seriously, definitely check it out. It's probably Kevin's one. Of, it's the one of the two best movies Kevin Smith's done. I love all his movies. Kevin Smith spoke uh-huh. "Our Language" Brian back when nobody else was. You know, we didn't have yeah. the Marvel movies. We didn't have, you know, uh, yeah. Comic Book Man, which is, was his show. We didn't have uh, uh, The Big Bang Theory, which, yes, I know, is polarizing the geeks sometimes, but it's still awakened mm-hmm. to a lot of people to be like, comics are cool. Um, but yeah, check it, that out. And Dogma is probably his best movie.
1: I, I kind of lost track of him. Uh, I, I, I liked, I mean, I saw Clerks when it came out because it was huge and it was, uh, you know, and, and uh, Mollerath I liked a lot because of, obviously, the comic book content in there is right,
0: hilarious. Right, right, right.
1: Uh, and Jason Lee was hilarious in that movie. Right. But, I, but uh, I think, I'm trying to remember what I was, oh, you know what? I think that might have been around the time I, I grew up in Ohio and uh, I went to college in Ohio and I was living there for a long time. And then, uh, I couldn't find any work as an artist there, so I moved to California and uh, ended up working in the animation business, as I was saying. But those first few years when I moved, man, I was, first of all, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I was so broke. I didn't, you know, have any way of, of doing hardly anything to begin with. I was just working, 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 trying to make ends meet. And uh, but I was so busy. And then when I wasn't working, I was like pursuing, uh, trying, to, trying to make something happen with my uh, art career. So I was doing tests for animation studios. I, w- I was so nonstop with the work and I happened to end up living in an area that was a valley where we got no TV reception without cable. <laughs> so my TV just became a receptacle for video games whenever I had time to play them or the DVD player. Uh, and so I missed all kinds of of media and entertainment during those couple of years there, probably for about three years there. I, I missed a ton of, of entertainment. So So I think that's when I lost track of a a lot of people like like Kevin Smith, who were probably doing exciting things at the time. But I just missed missed out because I was trying to put things together for myself at the time. (laughs) But that explains uh, uh, how I missed some how I missed some of his movies and how he kind of fell off the map. Now, for me, you
0: know. Um, I don't have the other two issues with me that you worked on, but who is the girl that's with uh, the uh, La moreta character, Libby? That's her name. Is that her sister, her roommate?
1: Because uh, I remember she uh,
0: saved her life in the previous issue when a slasher was breaking into her apartment.
1: Are you talking about the? Oh, okay. Her roommate? Yeah, that, yeah.
0: That's her roommate. Yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was the intention. Okay. I believe if I'm not mistaken.
0: Cassie and Vlad. Uh, are on the phone talking with Chris about MySpace, Hack Inc. MySpace. Of course, this was 2009, so MySpace was very popular at this time still, but was definitely dying down too around 2008, 2009 to make way for Facebook and Twitter because Twitter had launched in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're passing through the toll and Vlad pays the toll guy for right, to her, yeah. Here's a dollar
1: for your road, yes. yes <laughs> the yes, guy's yes, like, yes, oh!
0: A monster yeah
1: um, <laughs> yeah I, I, I love putting in those little jokes whenever i can possibly find a spot for them
0: <laughs> and chris and lisa are of course talking about uh their upcoming uh the birth of their child as lisa revealed that she is pregnant then we have a one page of regarding mm-hmm. uh love bunny and mr bones i am not a, I, these are weird characters of tim's that uh appear once in a while and this will seems honest, to be in continuity I mean,
1: yeah i mean i'll be honest i, I wasn't following what it was all about. But I had, I mean, he gave me the character designs, obviously.
0: And then of course you got and a I great, I to
1: follow the script as best I could on that.
0: Then you get a one page splash page of our killer for the story, Julian Gallo, the mosaic, mosaic man. man. What, is mo- mo- what is, what does that mean? Mosaic man.
1: Mosaic. Uh, uh, I, I believe it's pronounced mosaic. And mosaic. It's, I think it's, a, I think it's an art term that means like, um, uh, like kind of like a quilt, like a crazy quilt of different pieces put together to make, Make a hole,
0: which you know, matches his face, of course.
1: Exact, yeah, that's yeah, exactly the patchwork look. Uh, but yeah, that page was fun. That was definitely me or Tim, maybe playing to my strengths and me uh, making a meal out of it.
0: <laughs> Julian is born in Chicago to an abusive father. He oh, the old man beats young Julius too hard, too often, and messes up his face. But the scars on the outside aren't nearly as deep as the ones on the inside. Julius is one heinous little bad seed. As soon as he can, he starts work as a low rent hitman for the local mob. He considers his murders. Work of art around this time. Jules decides his face beauty should match his work's beauty and begins remaking his face into a mosaic as striking as the ones in ancient Rome. Eventually, Jules runs afoul of his own gang, but he does the slasher dance and comes back from the dead, killing his old boss and making a weapon out of the guy's bones. Then he goes to town, slaughtering everyone related to the outfit's ruling family. What horror movie do you think this is inspired from? Took the inspiration from?
1: That's a tough question because... I mean, again, that would be a question for Tim, he being the writer. Uh, but, but I don't know. I mean, it kind of sounds like a mishmash of different, uh, different idea, uh, different um, influences. I mean, obviously, there's a Frankenstein thing there with the patchwork, different pieces uh, stitched together. But as far as his story, it sounds more like a serial killer type thing to me, being abused as a child and then, you know, taking it out on everybody.
0: The trap is being laid for Cassie and, Cassie and Vlad by, uh, by Libby and her roommate, and we switch over to the Neurology Center of Maryland where Kat, I guess autistic 20-something-year-old, teenager, well, 12-year-old girl trapped in the body of a 20-something-year-old because she's been in a coma now for 10 years due to Sam Hain putting her in one, has woken up, and she's going through her old case logs realizing, oh, correction, she's been in a coma now for 13 years, and she's lost 13 years of her life, so now she is 25 years old. Yes, yes. Which would put her possibly older than Cassie, possibly the same age as Cassie. It's really loosey-goosey about how old Cassie is in particular. I mean, she started her mission as a slasher killer when she was 16, when she murdered mm-hmm. her own mother because her mother came back and then she left home. Which we'll explore more, of course, in the miniseries My First Maniac. But the age of Cassie right now is roughly, I guess, like Peter Parker's Spider-Man, mid-20s. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that would be my guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, Vlad is also basically supposed to be like, in his 20s or 30s, right? Because he's supposed to be a giant man- sh- man-child.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess I guess you'd be right about that.
0: Cassie and um, Vlad decide to continue following uh, Libby and uh, down the trap, and she starts chanting something that I cannot read. Nam-klaasum-nekawa-met- Oh, like, yes. What does that mean? Do you know?
1: Well, it looks backwards to me. So, like, Zatanna? Awaken... Awaken Mosaic Man.
0: Oh, interesting. Yes. And the Mosaic Man wakes up and uh, the battle ensues and he looks uglier than he did before.
1: Yeah, he, he's. Uh, yeah, this, was, this was a particularly fun uh, section to work on. Um, I, I, I loved doing this part uh, with the, the door opening and the cobwebs and uh, the Mosaic Man completely in shadow. And we
0: find out fun that Libby's stuff. younger sister was uh, Liberty Locks. The slasher uh, that Cassie encountered um, uh, back in uh, Omnibus Volume One, the Chucky crossover.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh huh. Okay, yeah.
0: Very interesting callback
1: to that. This was this was, um, yeah, this was fun stuff. This whole fight scene. I wasn't the world's biggest fan of the idea where they they color the glowing energy coming out of him. On the next couple pages, is towards the end of this issue twenty six. Yeah,
0: it looks like Christmas tree lights strung up around his body. Um, who was the colorist on this again? Mark Engler. I, I, Eng, Eng, Eng,
1: I don't know, and I don't. I mean, I don't want to give the guy a hard time because uh, you know we were all rushed on this stuff. Um, I just wasn't a fan of the the idea because I I wasn't. I don't remember. I don't remember if that was mentioned in the. I mean, it's been a long time, but I don't remember if that was mentioned in the script or not. But I put a lot of. <laughs> I mean, that's that's my. Uh, that, that's the stuff I love to do right there is drawing the big, ugly monsters. And, and uh, I was putting a lot of effort into making that face. As, uh, I, just, I just criticized it too heavily, but I, I just wasn't uh, the world's biggest fan of that idea of, of the colored energy coming out of the monster's face because that's, that's my strength. I love to draw the big, scary monsters, and I, love to, I put a lot of work into making him as crazy ugly as I could, and I feel like it kind of got covered up by the coloring, especially in the next issue.
0: When you say that uh, you were rushed to do the book, how long, how long is it how long would it take to do an average issue for you? Like like how much time are you guys are you given to draw it?
1: This well that was one of my regrets about my work on Hack Flash was that the entire thing was a crazy rush job. In fact, I was going back over some of my notes. Um, I, I I pulled up a bunch of my old stuff uh, when I from when I worked on it. Uh, first issue. Let's just put it this way: the first issue, twenty-four issue twenty-four was something like twenty-two pages, mm-hmm. and I had four weeks to draw it. Okay. Issue twenty-five, I also had four weeks to work on, I believe, but it says here it was, but it's a double. It was a double-sized issue. Right. It's long. But yeah, so I had the same amount of time to draw twi- to do twice as much work, and four weeks is a crunch for a comic book like this from scratch, mm. from sketches to thumbnail sketches to to. Uh, You know, pencil pages, the ink pages, that's a crazy rush job. But it got worse um, because on 26, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that I had three weeks to draw it from scratch. And on the last issue, 27, I had two weeks. Yikes. And it was 24 pages. So it kept getting crunched and crunched and crunched and crunched the entire time. So every issue was more of a rush than the one before it. I mean, you know, like no hard feelings to anybody, but I I probably should have quit after 25. Ah. Um, I mean, I really kind of wish I had, even though, you know, these are kind of fun issues and everything. uh, And it was, you know, fun to do the job and everything. But at the same time, that's just not enough time to do really, really good work. And I know that I could have polished it and made it look a lot better if they'd only given me more time to do it.
0: Then we switch over to issue 27, and Libby uh, takes a rejuvenating bath, getting uh, naked and drawn very sexily by you. Um, I do love how the word balloons are covering up her, her best bits. Um, sometimes there's Andy yeah. in Hack slash and sometimes there's not. It's always very curious. So Vlad stays with her, but Cassie goes after the Mosaic Man. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very interesting. Then we get a origin story of Lacey, Laurie, Liberty, and Louise. Um, and it looks... Like it's filled with uh horror and despair. they go into the backstory of basically the uh, the family history of them uh talking mm-hmm. about how libby uh liberty was always the black uh the family's black sheep and always the one in trouble. mom mm-hmm. always always put her uh, put up with her because she was daddy's favorite. the one day she crossed the line that was it. uh Libby left, and without good guidance from her parents, uh Libby got herself into all kinds of trouble uh she had a crappy job few friends and top it off she went and got herself pregnant out of wedlock shameful whore that she was she decided to get an abortion ouch uh this uh, this is
1: this is the hardest stuff to draw because it's so darn normal basically i mean it's normal people in a normal house with a normal you know doing you know normal furniture there's no there's no there's no horror atmospherics and shadows really and there's no craziness to to, to play with you got to kind of just do it as straight as you can and that's that for me yeah that that's that's tough to get your enthusiasm up for you know um it,
0: it would be interesting if he decided to kill off Cassie and replace her with uh Liberty.
1: Yeah, yeah, that Libby. that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. I I like the roommate character. I Tim pretty much let me design her however I wanted. I think he gave me a little bit of reference of the type of girl he thought she should be and the type of outfits or fashion that she should wear, but but uh, I think I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think I came up with her crazy hair with the two uh, kind of I don't know what you call them uh, the sprouts, of hair sticking up off the top of her head, and the little freckles to differentiate her from Cassie. From the, but yeah, she has those three little freckles under her eye.
0: Right, right. What I mean is like to differentiate her from Cassie.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. Because they both uh, they
0: both are they both pretty much look the same with the exception yeah. of one has like you put it looks like you kind of put. Okay, I'm trying to see where else there's the difference. Besides the freckles, there's, there's other subtle differences. Like um, one has uh, slightly tan skin, the other and Cassie doesn't because she's a goth chick.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's true. Yeah, that was tricky. People make fun of comic book artists a lot, so you've got to look for ways to, make, to differentiate them wherever you possibly can. It's a challenge.
0: Do you ever use any models or anything for your uh, female designs?
1: Um, as far as real people, no, not really. Um, the only thing, the only thing I get stuck on is, uh, when drawing these kind of characters, again, it's, 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 uh, women's hairstyles and women's fashions. You know, I got to look up stuff for that. Cause that's, that's the kind of stuff that doesn't spring to my imagination immediately. Uh, so I, I, I do ask, like I did ask Tim for reference, uh, like what do you want this girl to dress like? But he would give me a bunch of different options or a bunch of different photos for reference. And, Say something along these lines, and then I would just kind of run with the stuff I thought looked best.
0: Libby sacrifices herself to kill the Mosaic Man, but does she truly die? Maybe. I don't remember her coming back yet, but I've said it many times on the podcast. This is the first time I've read these comic books since I bought them at the comic book store when they were printed.
1: Well, it's probably the first time I've read them since I worked on them, <laughs> so we're even.
0: <laughs> yeah, going back and doing this pod. going back and doing the... Uh- Going back and rereading these issues for the podcast is basically my first time reading them in over a decade, so it's uh, yes. it's definitely not uh, the most freshest thing in my mind. Um, and there are so many characters that are constantly changing, getting killed off. It's not as always easy to keep track of them as let's say Spider-Man, who's always fighting yeah, Doctor right. Octopus or Venom, or well, not Venom anymore, but Electro, and so on and so forth. But I've also, sure. you know, Spider-Man is my favorite character in comics of all time, and I feel... Oh, good! I always like Kathy as my favorite um, female comic book character. So
1: interesting. I yeah, I, I have to say. Um, sorry, I'm just flipping through the book as we're talking here, and I I really had fun with these pages where she turns. Uh, she's basically possessed, and she's uh, uh, you know uh, vomiting blood and that sort of thing, and she's getting in Vlad's face. That was fun to do.
0: And the mosaic man, who calls himself the Liberator Souls, is like vomiting up that weird energy that's pouring out of him, which just looks really off-putting. I, I just, it's okay, but it, it's it's just kind of it's just kind of weird because it's the brightest thing on the page too.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, what? Uh, maybe after the podcast, I'll send you uh, some JPEGs of my black and white pages. You'll see a big difference, I think.
0: Yeah, we'll post them up I, on Twitter. I, I,
1: I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I love to draw, you know, the crazy monsters, and, and the more detail I can put into them, the better, so I really did noodle a lot of detail into this mosaic man, especially toward the end, as he's getting worse and worse and worse, and they kind of just painted over it with all the coloring, and that's, it's the only real flaw in the coloring, in my opinion, I, 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 no no offense to the guy who colored it, like, again, I know we were all working fast, and we were all rushed, and, and maybe it wasn't his choice either, maybe somebody told him to do that, but... Uh, but uh, I, 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 whenever I look at these, I, I always wish uh, if you could only see like. <laughs>
0: yeah, I hear you. Yeah, definitely send them over. We'll we'll post them on Twitter. Um, sure. Okay. There's an ad in here for the coming of Lester. Lester is how is his name pronounced? He's the he basically becomes the artist of Hackslash for the Image comic series. You won't have it in the trade, I think. But it says, begin the countdown to issue 30, when we'll welcome our new regular artist, Daniel Leister. Dan brings years of experience drawing monsters, hot girls from Xenoscopes Wonderland books. Check out some sketches, and it's got sketches of Cassie and Vlad. Yeah, I don't have that in
1: the trade version here.
0: Um, So Leister Leister or Lester would become, again, the the regular artist on the Image comic series. Mm Mm-hmm. There's an ad in here also for uh, which you might not have for cult for cult noble and the mega lords, but written by Tim Seeley and the artwork for the front cover is looks exactly like Jim Starlin, but I don't know if it is or not. But it's a Tim Seeley yeah. sci-fi story.
1: Yeah. When I when I got done wrapping up issue 27, that was I, I think I am, I got hired to work on Transformers almost immediately after. What? Like what? just a mat- What's that?
0: Oh, we mean the cartoon series.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was back to my day job. Excellent. Almost immediately after this, after I finished twenty seven, The
0: back cover says Cassie and Vlad are back in Haverhill, and this issue is 20, issue 28, where Cassie and Vlad fight the H.P. Lovecraft, uh, Mary Shelley, Frankenstein creature, and it will be drawn by Dan Parent, who will be on the show with us in the next episode.
1: Yeah, I, I never got to know Dan. I, I, I believe I met him at that uh, San Diego convention that where Tim and I were signing. I, I think I met him at the time. He seemed like a really nice guy.
0: He is. In the back of the uh, issue 26, there are Cassie cosplayers in a Cassie action figure and tattoo. We have Sarah, just Sarah as Cassie. We have Tabitha as Cassie. We have girl whose Tim Tim did not catch the name of. We have Amanda. We have Sean Cruz tattoo, and we have some Cassie action figures. Which boy, oh boy, talk about something that else that has just never happened. Cassie hack action figures.
1: Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I have got that sickness as well. I collect lots of action figures. <laughs> my my home office looks like a 9-year-old's bedroom. It's embarrassing. But <laughs>
0: as Tim has put, as Tim has said, he will he he when um uh he'll see it when he when uh when he he'll see it when he believes it. He'll believe it. When right. He'll <laughs> believe it when he sees it. That's what he said to me. He's like it has." Made, I have said sure many a times. I've never seen one made. All I keep yeah. seeing is prototypes. And the last one yeah. Some guy had this amazing-looking prototype. He also had prototypes of, like, the Golden Age Blue Beetle and a couple other rando characters. Um, Like, why would you be doing the Golden Age Blue Beetle? Isn't that owned by DC Comics? Aren't you going to get into so much trouble? (laughs) And other characters. And I'm like, okay. And then I I messaged him a few months ago while we were in the middle of the quarantine and said, hey, where's the Cassie Hackslager? And he never answered.
1: So, and it was supposed to be
0: out like last year. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I know I pre-ordered it. So <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was fun working on these. It's fun to go back down memory lane and look at these again after all this time. I have to admit it's it's it's. Yeah, I, I mean, I complain about being rushed and 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 the, and my artwork suffering a little bit from having to be rushing through it to get it all done on time, but. But it is fun. It is fun to go back and look at it. And
0: Did you do any more covers besides issue three? Because you didn't do a cover for these four unless there's a special edition cover I didn't see in the issue.
1: I don't remember what uh, why that was. Maybe I just had too much to do with the interior pages, or maybe Tim just wanted to have it done a different way or do it himself. I don't remember. but uh, I don't remember the reason why, but no. no, The only cover I did was uh, that guest cover on issue three.
0: Well, hopefully maybe one day we'll see you back on Hack Slash. It would definitely be uh, welcome to see you doing it. What are you currently working on that we could possibly go watch or pick
1: up in the store? Um, Well, let me say real quick, I I think it'd be a blast to go back and work on Hackslash again. I'd love to work on a longer uh, project that had a little bit more, uh, you know, where I had more time to do it and and really put more, you know, love and care into the art. Brian, Uh,
0: why not, like, give Tim a call and ask to write it yourself as well? Because he seems to be letting other people write, Cassie. Oh, does he? I mean, Hackslash Resurrection, Chaos Comics, a couple other things. There were other writers on that besides Tim.
1: Hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I was not aware of uh, where what the status was currently.
0: Currently, um, it's on hiatus. He he, his his hiatus was the fifteenth anniversary one shot from uh, Image Comics,
1: right? Which well, had some wink my- and
0: a nod to something coming involving the Image comic universe. So.
1: Interesting. Well, you know, the, the problem is always time. Um, you know, I I'm working full time in animation right now. Um, I also have a three year old now, Oh yeah. <laughs> which I, I, I didn't have a child at the time I was working on the book. Yeah. Um, sure. and I've got my own personal comic projects that I'm working on all the time whenever I have a spare minute. Yeah. So it's hard to squeeze other things in. I'm, but one of these, I mean, yeah, it is, it is one of those thoughts that I, I have whenever I go back and look at these like, man, I'd love to, I'd love to uh, work on it one more time and just, and just, uh, with a much longer schedule <laughs> and, and 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 really draw it the way I, I would have liked to have drawn it.
0: Yeah, uh, Hackslash vs. Vampirella, which was coming out around the ex- pretty much the same time as Hackslash Resurrection, uh, oh, yeah. was not written by Tim. That was
1: Sean Aldridge. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen that. that. That would be... Or maybe I did see an ad for that or something. It rings a bell, but, uh, but that, that would be great. I love Vampirella. <laughs>
0: well, it came out... At the same time as Resurrection did, because uh, the second story arc of Resurrection was a Cassie-Vamparella team-up, and they needed to get out of the way, how did Cassie and Vamparella meet prior to that?
1: Oh, okay, interesting.
0: And, of course, speaking of chaos, this character La Moretta reminds me of Brian Polito's current La Moretta character that is running around in the Coffin universe.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 I have seen that.
0: Very interesting how... uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's a curious uh, situation. I don't know how that happened.
0: That is a very curious situation. I would love to see Cassie team up with or fight Lady Death in some capacity. Uh, but in the last time Tim came on the show, he talked about not wanting to do crossovers again for a while because he just did Chaos, he just did Vampirella, he. Twice. He just did mm. The Crow, and I get what he's saying. It's like a lot of people want to see Cassie and Vlad fight characters that he'd have access to, like maybe Pumpkinhead, because he has a relationship with Dynamite. The problem is, you just become known as the crossover guy. He doesn't want to do
1: that, so yeah. take some time You on. know, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Actually, hold on,
0: Brian, hold on. That feedback's
1: coming back in. You just reminded me. Uh, there was a point... I forget when it was. It was a couple of years after I did the Hackslash books. I think I was on a break in between animation projects and I was talking to Tim and we talked about the possibility of of not having me do more Cassie and Vlad, but do another but do a comic about Sam Hain, which I which I really wanted to do because I really I really, really liked that character when I was working on him in, in 24 and 25. And and I really wanted to do that. And I don't remember why it didn't work out. It might have just been my, you know, like my bread and butter is my, my work in animation and that pays my bills. So I kind of have to give that top priority. So I may have just gotten caught up in another uh, animation project and I just couldn't, I just didn't have the time or something. I don't remember why it felt through, but we did talk about that for a while. I would, I would, I'd still love to do that.
0: Where can people find you on social media, Brian, if they want to get, send you accolades and praise. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, um, best place to find me these days is probably Instagram. I'm my uh, let's see, my Instagram handle is yes Brian Baugh art on Instagram. I am on Twitter, sort of, <laughs> uh, and I have a page on DeviantArt, which is ancient. <laughs> it's been up there forever, but uh, I do have some artwork there, my own personal illustrations and things like that. And I have my own creator-owned comic book series uh, called Wolf and Batsy. It's spelled W U L S, the German. Uh, Wolf and Basti, and uh, those books are on Comixology. Excellent. So if you like if you like my hack slash artwork, there's a ton more of it in my Wolf and Basti books on Comixology.
0: And if you are on Twitter, you can find me at Goth Girl Horror. The main main Twitter is at Christy Sav Radio Horror on. Facebook. Uh, You can send us an email, thatradiofhorror at gmail.com. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with Dan Parent and the start of possibly the new co-host for Goth Girl Horror here on the Radio Horror Network. Thanks, man. Bad, he's murderous Monsters don't stand